Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Beyond the Mat Podcast, an in-depth talk show discussing exclusively WWE topics. March 21st, 2022, live from Chicago, Illinois. We had a couple of news items that came up before the show went on air today. Uh, first, we're going to put up the call-in number here. Um, today, we found out, according to Ringside News, that Omos will be facing Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. Um, Lashley was originally reported to have a four- to six-month shoulder injury after the elimination chamber, it looks like that was kayfabed, and he's expected to make a return possibly next week on Raw to answer the challenge we saw from almost tonight. We'll go over that in a couple minutes. Also, um, it's been reported that Bailey's been in New York. Uh, her, she's been promoting next week's SmackDown, and her injury status is she's been cleared to return, so she should be returning probably post-WrestleMania, if not at this SmackDown at the earliest. I haven't gotten any word about that. Um, and then we also have gotten word that the main event for night one at WrestleMania will be the Stone Cold Steve Austin segment, which is a little bit weird because now neither night is has a women's match headlining it, and traditionally we've always seen one. So now we have a talk show ending the first night of WrestleMania. And all things are subject to change, of course. But other than that, we're going to get into this episode here. You still there, Brad? Yep. All right. What did you think of the episode tonight, buddy? I thought it was great. I thought it flowed really great. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I thought it was fantastic, actually. Fantastic. Yeah, I thought it was a good... They did a really good job... Um, it kept it tight, and every segment that they had, every match, sort of had something. I said, okay, here's this match. Um, where's an example? Just uh, the Dirty Dogs and the Mysterios. And I'm like, okay, we're going to see these two teams again, and Miz is going to be out here again, and they're barely going to do anything but interact with each other and just... You know, we're going to know they're facing each other at WrestleMania. But Miz takes his mask, and that's such a big deal 
to Lucha Libre wrestlers that that's a major heat builder. It's, I mean, I'd hate to use a stupid analogy like Corey Graves didn't say. It's like taking Superman's cape. But that's basically what you're doing to a Lucha Libre wrestler. So for people that understand that psychology, that's a really good uh, way to add some intrigue to that match that was otherwise kind of dull, um, in my opinion. What do you think about that? Yeah, I thought they did a lot of that tonight. Like, you know, just having, like, things pop in throughout every match. Like, obviously, you'll get to it, but Pat McAfee popping in during the Austin Theory match. Just things that they don't normally do on a normal episode. Oh, you just get the match. You know, it just felt like there was always a surprise in almost every segment. So I really liked that. Yeah, I thought that we had a lot of that, too. I thought it was a really good... Um, they, they really... You know, on the road to WrestleMania, they really made sure that there was a couple twists tonight. You know what I mean? And and made the road a lot more interesting. The show kicked off with Kevin Owens trolling the crowd. It was pretty funny. The Stone Cold Steve Austin glass shatters. The I mean, and I don't know how much they sweetened up the crowd noise for this or if they were showing clips from different times. But later in the night when they showed a recap of that, and how crazy everybody went. Little kids saying, oh my God, you know, people that were there wearing their masks, trying to be safe, saying, oh no, the glass is broken, the hell with my mask. And, I'm gonna, and, then, and then Kevin Owens comes out in the Stone Cold get up. And I just thought he looked hilarious. I, I thought that was really funny. Um, but again, he teases the crowd, he comes out, he cuts a promo basically says that he's going to kick Austin's ass. He does a lot of the uh, Stone Cold antics, and then he goes to catch some beers just like Stone Cold did, Uh, drops two of them, then says to the guy who's throwing him the beers, get in the ring, and then he ends up stunning the guy uh, who throws the beers before he leaves the ring. So it was a... And then the glass shattered again, and everybody thought Stone Cold was running in to save the beer throwing guy and then I even I kind of had to wait for a minute for Jimmy Smith to say he did it again and then I was like oh okay he did it again because they were they kept the camera on that entrance for a couple for a couple seconds but I knew nothing was going to happen it was really funny that crowd was so angry not just from the first stake out but the second one where they I mean there was one one point where I really thought Stone Cold was coming out. I mean, didn't you? I mean, just that second time when the music came on, I really did think he was coming out. I did a little bit at first. Like, I thought maybe the second time it was because they did good work producing it. They didn't show the entrance right away, and just the crowd went nuts, and just the way that the commentary kind of sold it, too. But then when they showed it, when they were show, just focusing on the entrance, after it got like five seconds, I was like, okay. This isn't it, but I, when I first heard it, I definitely did think that. As dumb as I am, you know what I mean? It's not going to happen. That would be a major surprise that got through a lot of people, you know? Yeah, it was just, you know, you feel like you're in a big city in Chicago. It's not, you know, no offense to Tulsa, Oklahoma or whatever, but... It just felt like it could have had something major happen here. And even if Stone Cold, you know, had come out for a second, 
just stared him down and said two things into the mic and then, you know, walk, chased him off or, you know, something like where there's not really a confrontation. That would have been a lot of fun. But obviously, you know, they're not going to do it until WrestleMania, I guess. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I mean, you hear me all right? Yep. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't really look like they're going to do much until Mania. I mean, um, and that's the whole thing. I think we knew that, and that's why it kind of made it funnier that the crowd reacted that way. I mean, they they were sure that Stone Cold was coming out, but it seemed like they were good sports about it, too, because when Kevin Owens got to the ring, the, the people that were sitting ringside were... Like, oh, man, but they still were smiling about it. They thought it was funny, too, but I just thought he looked hilarious with that, whatever that crap is you have to put on your head to make you look bald. Yeah, it was funny. It was, like, my my wife said to me, like, why does it look so amateurish? I'm like, it's supposed to look, like, stupid and obviously fake because he's making, like, a mockery of it, you know? It's not supposed to, like, look like he's really bald, you know? Yeah, that's He's a, making a mockery of. That sounds like something my wife would say too. It's like, yeah. like oh, it looks. You could really tell that it's like one of those skin caps. Like, yeah, that's the point. It's supposed to like look obviously fake, like to be funny. Yeah, he's making fun of bald people. Yeah, and uh, you know just the way he came in the ring with the, uh, you know, on the turnbuckles and the arms up. And, it was really funny, man. Yeah, he did all the Stone Cold signature Very things. Very smart. It was, it was really funny, and he, you know, and you know, after the promos and all that, pretty much all he can do is mock him right now. And I thought it was pretty funny. It was a good way to open the show. I'm pretty sure anybody, because I I made sure I tracked this at the at the uh, change of the, to open the show. They had KO, and then. They had Reigns and Lesnar video package at the 9 o'clock hour. Then at the 10 o'clock hour, they had Randy Orton. They had RK-Pro entering. So, like, at every change of the hour, they had something uh, to keep people watching, I guess. And to me, watching Kevin Owens come out in the Stone Cold costume at the beginning of the show is definitely something that's going to keep me there for a minute. Definitely. Definitely. It was phenomenal. Yeah, so I thought they, I thought that was a good segment there. Um, By the way, if anyone wants to call in, just type in the chat. I want to call in, and we'll untie the line for you. Yeah, either if you want to call in, let us know in the chat. If you don't want to call in, you're too shy, just leave a comment, and uh, we'll address it on the show. Either way is good. Um, but, uh, all right, so... We go backstage here. We got Kevin Patrick asking Seth Rollins, you know, what are you going to do that you have no path to WrestleMania? Um, and he just sits there and cackles. The crowd's going nuts, yelling, Cody, 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 and all that. Um, he takes the mic from Patrick. Looks like he's heading out to the ring area. But then we uh, get the introduction of the Dirty Dog. Well, we get... We get Rey Mysterio's intro for the match with the Dirty Dogs. Um, eventually, Seth Rollins gets in the middle of this, but this was a typical tag match between the two of these teams. There's not much to say about the match itself because the match itself, I don't think, is what's important here. What's important is, number one, is that Rollins came out 
towards the beginning of this match to interrupt it and say whatever he wanted to say and the mic wouldn't work. I couldn't tell if this was legit or not. Do you think that that... I thought it was, it, it, was compl- it was completely legit. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, it, it was meant to be a setup where his mic kicked. 100%. Okay. Th- I mean, like, later on in the show, I figured that's what it was. But at first, the fact that it was like, oh, no, technical dif- difficulties, and then they just cut right to a commercial right in the middle of a match like that, it seemed a little bit weird. But then as the show went on, and then the next thing you know, he's talking to Pierce and DeVille, and the next thing you know, he's in this match, and then I, then I figured, okay, it's bullshit. But at first, when the microphone first started cutting out on him, I was like, oh, my God. No, they did it on purpose, because <laughs> yeah. you remember when he was interviewing with the Kevin, it wasn't it Kevin Patrick, I forget the guy's name, uh, the backstage guy. Um, he Remember, he said, I'll take, I'll be taking this with me, and it was the right. microphone that he had in his hand. So clearly there was something about that microphone. And then there was a point where there was something subtle that was said to Adam Pierce. Like, like he's like, well, why do you, why do you keep cutting off my microphone? He's because, you know, Seth, you can't just go out there and interrupt the show. That's right. So it was, it was definitely part of the whole thing. The thing was like, Seth had to interrupt. He interrupted so many things tonight, right? Like how many things did he interrupt? Three, right? Yeah. He interrupted, uh, that match, he interrupted AJ Styles. Um, I don't know what the hell else he did, but he comes out during that match. It's a decent back-and-forth match. Miz is putting over him and Logan Paul on the commentary table. Um, they're exchanging some offense. Seth Rollins comes out. His music plays. We go to a commercial because of the fact that his mic cuts out on him. Um, but what he's trying to say is that he came in there last week and, um, you know, he wanted to he have a bigger and better show than KO, and that didn't happen, blah, 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 he lost. Then we go to commercial, Rollins left, goes backstage, we get back to the match, the match ends pretty quickly after Dominic hits a frog splash on Robert Roode, one, two, three, but then Ziggler super kicks him, Rey Mysterio chases after uh, Ziggler, Gets intercepted by Miz. Miz does a skull-crushing finale and unmasks him. Mysterio, uh, Dominic Mysterio sitting there trying to cover up Ray's fit head. And then, and then later on in the show, we find out that Mysterio and Miz are going to face one-on-one next week. Which is the week before they're having their tag match. I hope he gets his mask back next week because... I well, mean, next, next week you're going to have um, Logan Paul come out in that match. Right, and that set the rivalry even even further. It's going to infuriate them. So, what's Ray going to come out in a new mask? Well, yeah, I think he has like two hundred something masks, right? Oh, yeah, he's he going to come out. Yeah, I'm just saying for the story, could he come out with no mask? I don't think he would do that, man. No way, right? I don't either. I'm surprised that he even wanted to do this storyline. You know? Yeah, I'm surprised too. Have you ever seen him? I, I mean, maybe I just haven't looked up the internet enough. You've seen him with his mask off, I assume, right? Yeah. I've never seen him with it off. I never looked it up. He's actually a decent-looking guy. It's a, but, you know, he's like the only cruiserweight, high-flying little Mexican wrestler, style, like that style of wrestler that's ever really made it in the WWE. 
You know what hmm. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, for some reason, even Dominic looked, like, better, like, tonight. I, I don't know why. Like, he just looked like he was just more interesting to watch tonight. I, I don't really know why. I, I I did like the ring gear a little bit better. I liked it better than that plain white, like, create a wrestler default costume he has been wearing. You know how he's yes. I liked what they had on tonight. And I also think that part of what made him look, I think he has good chemistry with the Dirty Dogs. I think they've, we've seen them in a lot of matches. So I think it might be a comfort level thing. And I th- also, on top of that, Dolph Ziggler's a pretty strong wrestler as far as um, you know being able to do a decent match with anybody and so is Rude just because they, they're so experienced so yeah I also thought it was terrific seeing Ziggler come out with the NXT championship I loved it it was cool yeah I like that too you know I thought it was really cool just seeing like a belt and like you know, he's wearing it, and you knew he wasn't going to get pinned tonight because he was wearing that belt. Like, you know, like it had to be Bob Roode, who, who I have not seen. Can you remember the last time Bob Roode pinned someone? I can't. No. I, I can't even remember. I remember that. I, Six months. Yeah, I seen it on a I, – I had to look it up for some reason not too long ago, and it's been a long time. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I mean, he must be really frustrated by that, you know? Yeah. I'm sure he's getting a nice paycheck, but. Yeah, I mean, he's basically a mid-card gatekeeper, but. Tomorrow night, he's going to lose. He's going to face Braun Breaker tomorrow night on NXT. He'll lose that, too. I know. But yeah. Whatever, dog, just that? like the, remember Dolph Ziggler that time on NXT, he says, well, I may lose uh, 99 out of 100 matches, but the one match I do win, I don't know where he was going with that, but that's kind of the same as Robert Roode. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. But at, Very least, at least they do the, do the job, you know, somebody's got to do it, I guess. You know. No, and I, I think Robert Roode is like, you know, a guy that they could utilize or if they gave him, like, he just doesn't have, like, an edge to him. Like, there's nothing. He's like a heel that you don't really view as a threat. You know, he's like, I don't know, man. He just doesn't have much of anything going on, but other than being buddies with Ziggler. Yeah, he really is kind of just a, a nothing guy. I mean, he's got no personality whatsoever. Um, He's just kind of a guy you don't want to root for. No, exactly. He's experienced enough to be somebody you don't want to root for who they can put up against young people like Dominic and whoever's in NXT and they can have a decent match with him and beat him. Because even... Even Rude and Ziggler, as boring as they might be and as kind of over it as a lot of people are probably with them, and and rightfully so, um, there's something to be said for having people on your roster who can do those matches with younger talent, put them over, make them look good in the process, and not outshine them. And there's a value to that. 
Yeah. yeah, there's also a value to someone that can safely compete with people and knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. And isn't going to hurt people. You know, Bob Rude knows what he's doing and, you know, he, he knows how to do pull moves off safely and you know, he's value there too, you know? Yeah. So it's like, okay, on one hand, we've seen the Mysterious and Dirty Dogs a lot, of, a, lot of, a million times, a lot of times. But then you want to see Dominic get better, right? Well, he's, if you put him up against Randy Orton and RK, like that's not the scene for him now. He needs people where he can work a match with and have the psych. They know the psychology is what I was going to say. Is, is Ziggler and Root are so good at in-ring psychology and understanding, you know, when to do certain things and where to be, and and how to support um, their opponents' uh, comeback and things like that and. And be in the right place for them and, and, and call the right spots. And you need that when you have somebody's inexperienced as Dominic. Yeah, they're kind of like, um, like, I wouldn't maybe compare them to the hurt business in that way, but like they're kind of like in the same realm of like guys that you just beat and it's not a big deal. And they're kind of going to do things right. And, you know, kind of wrestlers like that. Yeah. But at least with the with the matchup, it wasn't just it wasn't really about the matchup. It was about having Miz out there, about getting the mask, which is a fantastic way to add something to this match that didn't seem like it was anything before. Yeah, definitely, so. definitely. And if when Logan Paul comes out wearing that mask, it's going to infuriate. It's going to cause an absolute. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Eighteen plus. That'll be fun. So, I mean, this is a really good episode all around. This really, man. Just thinking about all the things we saw tonight. I, mean, I think people were pumped up after this episode. Yeah. Well, after this one, we had Omash come out to Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz. Last week, we saw him beat Commander Aziz. He had a nice suplex on him. Um, they had a big video package in the beginning showing all the people Omos is beating, putting them over as a giant. And then Cruz and Aziz come in. Commentary questions whether these guys can take him down. Aziz starts on the outside, distracts Omos while Cruz drop kicks him. But quickly, Omos gets rid of him, gets the upper hand, um, gets both of them in a chokehold. Aziz takes in some offense and then hits a big uppercut. This is on the outside in front of the announcer's table. Omos eventually gets rid of him. He focuses on Apollo Crews, but Aziz comes to and slams him into the ring post. They get back in the ring. Finally, the ring bell rings. 
So they were messing around, and the ring bell right. hadn't even rung yet. Um, they finally get in there, uh, cruises in the ring there, and then Omos basically takes over. I mean, he he uh, hits a huge boot on Apollo, knocks him over. Apollo makes a tag, then Omos hits a huge giant power slam on Aziz with one arm, and then Cruz comes in there, jumps off the ropes, but Omos catches him, does a gorilla press slam, and just throws him up in the air and drops him. Then hits a big boot on Aziz that takes him down, points to Aziz and keeps telling Cruz, this is all your fault, this is all your fault. So he's basically telling Cruz that, you know, his buddy wouldn't be getting beat up if it wasn't for him. Um, then the finish sees Omos take the both of them and stack them up and try to pin them, but he did it so sloppily that the ref actually had to tell him to reposition the two men so their both their backs were on the mat. And then yeah, but I know I noticed that, but I I think that that the point of it was not to like for the ref to tell him like, oh, you did it so sloppily you know you, you, like you you don't have it right i think it was because the legal man at the time was aziz and he didn't have aziz's shoulders down i i know what you mean like he he obviously had to tell him but i think there was like a like like a purposeful reason to it not like hey buddy like you're you're kind of not doing this right you know you know what i mean i don't know if you noticed that but i i think that was the reason that actually could you're probably right about that I might have, t- yes, I might have interpreted it wrong. The legal man. He wasn't pinning the legal man at the time. That's why. Because Aziz was the legal man. Apollo went off the top rope, and that's when all that stuff started. And then he just pinned them both. But he was like, hey, buddy, you're pinning Apollo, but that's not the legal man, so that doesn't matter. So you better pin this guy perfect, perfectly. You know? That was what it was. Yeah, I thought it was. I, I couldn't really tell what the issue was. I just knew the referee had to tell him to correct his pin technique. Um, but yes. then Omos, in the middle of the ring, as best as he can pronounce it, says, you know, I've been through, no matter who they put in front of me, how many they put in front of me, I'm undefeated. So whether it's at Raw or WrestleMania, um, you know, I want, he basically issued a challenge. So, like I said, according to PW Insider and Ringside News, WrestleMania plans are for Lashley and Omos to, to have a match. So it looks yeah, like, like that's going to be what it is. Maybe. MVP like the funny thing in. is, the funny thing is that, sorry to interrupt, but the whole episode is revolving around Seth not really having an opponent. This guy issues a challenge because Seth's trying to get in the mix for every single thing. And the one guy that issues a challenge who actually would be a huge challenge for Seth. The, he doesn't take him up on it. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. It was just kind of an interesting. Obviously, we're we're applying logic here, which, you know, you have to kind of throw out the window sometimes. But you know what I mean? Like, that was the perfect opportunity for Seth to march out. Yeah, I'm facing Omos. Nope. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I, thought, this, I thought the same thing about different parts of it. Like, I just don't. Okay, so with I I liked the Seth Rollins match that they had. I think we talked about this before the show. I just don't get why they can't just say why they have to do this with Seth. Why this has to be the mo- like each week? Oh, he doesn't have an opponent, so this is how he. But we know he's going to lose. 
because he's not going to face it. Now, the way they got to it was creative, and we'll get to that. But why every week do we have to see, does the overarching theme have to be Seth Rollins is in this peril because he has no WrestleMania opponent? Like, I don't know. I just, that's not the best, to me, build up for WrestleMania. I guess that's all they got considering who his opponent's going to be and what the situation is there. You know, the guy doesn't want to do anything until Sunday of WrestleMania, so their hands are tied. And uh, Well, it's also going to make the opponent look like a savior. You know, when when this person eventually comes in, who we know who it's going to be, 99%. But, you know, when that person comes in, Cody... He's going to look like the savior, the guy who saved WrestleMania for Seth. And I don't know how they're going to do it without animosity because Seth's going to be happy to see him. You know, like it's not going to be like, oh, I hate this guy. You know, oh, this guy. Like he's going to be so happy that he has an opponent at WrestleMania. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like that's why you needed him to come in tonight and and do something. But we'll, well, I guess we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I think that, like, for me, in a perfect world, he would have debuted already or debuted next week or tonight, whatever, and we'd get some build that way and not this, you know, everybody else. Has, Seth has to wrestle everybody else. And I understand the whole thing about when he comes. It's bigger if we make it. And they want, I guess... For one thing, everything else is basically set or probably will be set before WrestleMania but that. And they want to have one of their matches be kind of a surprise. And it's sort of happened organically for them, so whatever. But, again, I just, I don't know. I wish it, I wish it was a different way. It's not, and I, I will say that it's all this, the, when I looked at what they were going to do tonight, I was like, ah. Uh, Okay, like not bad, but when I saw it all play out and the creative sort of turns everything took, I thought it was pretty well executed and well thought out, especially with the the Rollins match at the end that we'll get to. But again, we have AJ come out here and answer uh, Edge. He basically says he wants to kick in Edge's teeth. Um, Seth comes out and says he wants to do that as well. Um, but during this promo... And- Go ahead. And the interesting thing was that, you know, obviously everyone loves Seth, no doubt about it. They're chanting his song at all times, especially during the last match. You know, when he came in, everyone was like standing and doing the thing with both of their hands like he does. And, you know, like kind of like like moving their arms to the music and everything. But during that part, when they were like, yes, yeah, so I'm going to take your match with with Edge away, a lot of people were, like, disappointed. You could tell the crowd wasn't like, yeah, let's Seth do this. Like, they weren't at all. Like, people wanted to see the Edge-AJ Styles match. They did not want to see Seth, AJ, Seth versus Edge. Well, I, wonder if, I wonder if they were more just like, uh, again, Seth is trying to steal another person's opponent. Like, you know what I mean? That might have been their thought process because I kind of would have thought the same thing. Um, but yeah, I don't think people want, I think people are geared up for AJ and edge and that's what they want. But that's also another re that's, that helps position Rollins 
as a heel better because, for example, when he took on Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble, they're both heels and they had to give the crowd a reason to get behind Seth and keep Reigns, keep people from getting behind Reigns. They don't want people cheering for Reigns, right? So they had Seth come in in the Shield entrance with the Shield shit on, entering from the crowd to the Shield music, and that nostalgia made people like Seth and want to root for him that night. And so right now, probably knowing they're bringing in Cody, probably knowing they're going to bring him in as a baby face and Seth already being a heel, Cody being from another company, being somebody who left this company, they might be doing it, doing extra things to make people not like Seth. So he comes out here, wants to steal the Stone Cold Steve Austin moment. No, fuck you. Okay, well, that's one big thing he tried to steal and be greedy about, you know, and then now he's trying to take away the match that the fans want to see. And so he's coming off as a greedy, out-for-himself heel, and that'll furthermore, you know, help their whatever story they're trying to get across when Cody comes in. Um. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, I hear you. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Like I think they do a lot of little things um, because of the fact that, like you say, you you have a heel like Seth Rollins, who people like. You know, he's been around for ten years. It's hard not to have people that have been around for over ten years and people not cheer for them or people not like certain things about him also he's so interesting he's so dynamic as a character whether he's whatever he is it's very hard to not root for this guy you know yeah i mean in and the and the problem is i think they probably know that psychologically he's getting sympathy he's not getting his wrestlemania moment he looks like in despair but then the end, they have him tear everything apart, and they they have him going after things like stealing other people's opponents to get his WrestleMania moment. So they have him do it in a heelish way that doesn't make us get sympathy for him not having a match, even though we all want him to have a match. Well, the other thing, he's he, it's it's ironic that he's kind of like his wife also with the theme music because the theme music is unbelievable and it's kind of like his wife's in a certain way. Like you want to sing along with it. It's almost the same thing. It's whoa versus. Oh, <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and a like, different cadence. You want, same word. It's a different same cadence, thing. same thing. And you just want to sing along with it and love this guy. And, you know, I mean, you've been to live events and, You've seen, you know, you've seen Seth come in and people go absolutely berserk. It doesn't matter what he is. So. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, even at, a couple of weeks ago when they had a tag, he jumped out of the ring and sat down on the front row and everybody loved it. You yeah, know, of course. It's like, and Again, that's, it's, it's, to me, it's Roman, Brock, Seth. That's the three, the big three in the men's division. Yeah, probably. As far as the whole package, I mean, it's funny because, uh, well, I don't want to get into that now. We'll stay with the Raw right now. Um, 
Backstage, we see Zelina and Carmella get into a cat fight. Um, tag champions fighting each other. Zelina's telling Carmella she's uh, costing him stuff. She's got a lack of focus. Kamara tells her to calm down and make sure she watches her back while she has important stuff that she needs to do. Um, so she basically, Carmella is saying that she's not cautioning the match and that Zelina needs to watch her back while she takes care of important stuff. Zelina says she's not working for both of them. She's already doing too much while uh, Carmella is worried about her wedding. Um, so we got some dissension from the champs. Before Mania, they exchange insults, start a cat fight. And this is leading into the women's tag match with uh, Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, and then the SmackDown stars, Natalia and Baszler. Um, upon entrance of Liv, Smith says they could be the next champions. They're taking Raw by storm. And then Corey's uh, commentary on the team is, Negative. He doesn't like them, obviously, because Carmel is a champ. Um, now backstage, we also see AJ Styles call Pearson to build idiots for making that match against Rollins, the main event. Um, so then we get into the match. Now, what do you think of this match? I like it. No problem with it. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. It was quick. I mean, they highlighted a little bit of Rhea, highlighted some Liv. Um, it's pretty quick. Rhea and Liv had the early advantage. Got a two count on Baszler. Natalia tagged in. Liv maintained the, the advantage on Natalia. Then Baszler and Natalia got in together and started to isolate Morgan. Carmella came out um, from backstage and started drawing with Corey, asking him for help. Corey's all preoccupied with Carmella at this time. During the match, back in the ring, Baszler continues to work over Liv. Blind tag by Natalia to Baszler. Natalia gets into the ring, starts attacking Liv, but Liv fights both of them off. Goes for a hot tag to Ripley. Baszler pulls down Ripley off of the apron so that Liv cannot get the hot tag. Natalia goes for a roll-up, gets a two-count. Then they start double-teaming Liv Morgan to an assisted clothesline and get the one, two, three. So a quick match there. I thought it was going to keep going after... They pulled Rhea down, but they came back in. Yeah, did the, the big double team. Um, Liv ate the pin. Then you got the champs come in, beat everybody down. Um, then they hug. You think they're about to fight, and they hug. That's it. Yeah. They beat down Liv and Rhea first, and then it looked like they weren't going to beat down Natalia and Baszler, but they beat down them anyway, and they looked down like they were going to beat down each other. And they hug. So we had the foreshadowing of them, uh, you know, their further dissension before the match. We have Carmelo coming out, freaking out to Corey. Um, we have these two tag teams get some chemistry together, but we see we kind of get an idea how they're going to fight. Baszler's going to fight dirty and, and not allow tags to happen. They're going to take advantage of things. Um, but the big thing here is that finally Zelina and Carmella look a little bit stronger because they were just getting buried the last couple weeks. Um, yes. And, uh, I guess he needed them to look like some sort of a threat to something. 
They gave him this one. Yeah, these show, despite the dissension, they showed that they can channel that frustration and put their differences aside and go take advantage of some worn out women, beat them down. But yeah, it made him look a lot better than just getting beat up at ringside while other people were showing off in the ring. You know what I mean? Because that's basically yeah. what's happened on all the shows the last couple of weeks. Absolutely. It was uh, it was fine. And, you know, I don't know. For a second, I kind of thought, you know, I did think that. Um, what's their name? Um, Zelina and Carmella kind of looked strong at the end, you know, um, makes you think maybe they'll retain. But I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to retain, but I think it at least, um, you can't just have them sitting there getting run over, so it at least, you know, puts one in the win column for them, I guess, you know? Absolutely. Um, the story wouldn't be the story if it just kept going one way, so. But yeah. that's what we get in that match, quick match. I was hoping for a little bit longer match there, but... I guess part of also I think part of it is if you get some you know the way that Baszler and Natalia are gonna fight is that they get in this match quick if you're not careful they'll pull you off the apron hit you with a double team and and pin you real quick you know because that was kind of how they worked in this match. Yeah, it was uh it was a good match. I mean. I thought it was yeah. an effective way to portray it as a like the la the last few matches the tag matches have been just spot after spot after spot after spot fast paced a lot of stuff going on and this one was kind of a team just saying no we're not getting involved in all that yeah you know absolutely and uh, I think Zelina is actually great um, I think Carmella's funny too I just I, I don't think that they're like a serious Egg team by any means, but I found it. I, I found it to be good. I, I had no problem with it. It was fine. And then, wh what was after this? It was. Uh, we went. Uh, we saw Bianca Belair. An update about her broken bone in her throat. Um, that's right. Like I said, we know that we missed. She missed the last week or so of house shows, as well as a autograph signing it uh, yesterday. I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that she's injured or they're trying to, if it's a storyline injury, they want to do that to keep it with the storyline. not entirely sure. Uh, there are news outlets reporting that she has a broken bone in her throat, but it's a little bit convenient that Becky said she had a broken bone in her throat two weeks ago, and now all of a sudden Bianca does. But Bianca was not there tonight. Um and what do you think about all this Bianca Belair stuff with the injury and the? I just think that I just I personally think she just needed some time off. I, I I that's really what I think. I mean, you know, she's been going to all these house shows and doing all these things every week after week, and who knows? She might have just said, "I need a little bit of time. I need to relax. I need to, you know, catch up a little bit." And I mean, I looked at again the way Becky threw her into the. Um, Thing with the chair i don't think there's any way that that really hurt her i just don't i mean maybe i'm wrong and i'm, I'm kind of missing something but i just i can't see how that how that actually hurt her you know 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I don't think it... I don't think it did either. It looked like it was a perfectly done spot the way that they would want to do it and they put it around her neck for a reason to make it seem like an injury that was serious make it seem like one where she can't talk so that we would believe her being off tv and not doing an instagram post or a satellite call in you know what i mean how they do sometimes of course um i think that's why they did this and like when we were talking earlier sometimes like especially right now they got they got to figure out what Omas is doing. They got to tie up things with Finn Balor. They got to tie up RK Pro in the the triple threat match tonight. They got to waste our time with the twenty four seven. They got AJ versus Seth Rollins. They got the women's tag that needs more depth to it. They had to do that, so they just they don't have time to have Malcolm Belair and Becky Lynch messing around again for the hundredth time. But Becky did come out and cut a promo. Um, she was talking about how she sold her soul for this belt. And uh, is Bianca get willing to do the same at WrestleMania? Um, you know, the point Becky was trying to make was that she was away, maternity leave, came back to SummerSlam to face Bianca Belair. And when she won the title, the fans picked Bianca over her. And that's when she realized that the belt was what really mattered to her. The championships what matters to her, not the fans. And she wonders, is Bianca someone who's willing to do anything it takes to have that championship because Becky is? And I thought that she was... And, and this was a pretty captivating promo, like the way she was talking about everything. What she, she It was just very captivating, like, like the, the zooming in on her face. It was just good. I thought oh, yeah. it was good. They had the chair out there for her that they must have known she was. I I just I like she how carried she, in the chair. She carried in. Oh, uh, did she? That Remember, she, she had a belt in one hand and a chair in the other. Yeah, I think when she goes out there, it's basically like, look, I got that. Like she's basically like, look, I got this, and they're like, okay, you got it. They they might sometimes give her things that she needs to say, but that did not seem like a promo that was scripted for her. And if it was, she oh. executed it perfectly. Like she started it with the. The saying she said, like, what is it to a man to sell his soul, to have gold, whatever the hell she was talking about. Something like that, yeah. And then she said her whole thing, and then she finished it with the same uh, Same phrase. thing. It was, yeah, she tied it together. It was like a Seinfeld episode where yeah. the thing at the beginning ends up ending it at the end, too. Yeah, it's it was good. Very good. Very, yeah. very, very impressive. Like a Seinfeld episode. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? How they always like they, there'll be some joke at the beginning, you yeah. know? Oh, this guy has the best ice cream, and, and something with the ice cream at the end. These you know, pretzels are making me thirsty. Ties it all together, I guess. Yeah. That's- but no, I thought that she she hit that promo good. Um, she was good, yeah. Yeah, she, good. she knew what she needed to do. She both both aren't there this week, and to have one of them there and to do one thing that advances the storyline a little bit, I think is a good good move. Definitely. Um, they don't need they have because it's like um, they don't need them both there and have one of them throw them into a ring post with a chair wrapped around a neck they don't need them both there to fight backstage if they can cut a good promo then it's just as captivating or just as heat building you know what I'm saying and Becky's somebody that's really good at that not a lot of people are Ronda Rousey doesn't do a great job of that, I don't think. I do think that Charlotte does at times. She, um, I think Charlotte does a great job with it. She's really Terrific picked up job. the slack lately um, because of who she's up against. But, but yeah, the promos, I think, are so important in the um, building of a good rivalry and a good match. Because a lot of people just want to see the wrestling match, but all this other crap with the the fake injuries, you know, they're just all little things that build it and make it all the more worth to get invested in the actual final blow off. So yeah, good stuff. Yep. So we'll move on. We had uh, they showed us a package of last week. Um, on SmackDown, McAfee apologizing to Theory. He basically said he apologized for kicking his ass and all that. So Finn Bauer's facing Austin Theory here tonight um, in a non-title match. Uh, backstage, uh, Theory's talking down uh, Pat McAfee. Eventually, he's asked, are you a little bit distracted with McAfee for your match with Finn Balor? He tells... He tells, um, what's her name? Kayla Schreiber. Tells her, well, no, he's not because he has enough selfies of Finn in his storyline that he needs a whole new story. And uh, he says, hey, how about it, Finn? You know how it is. ATL down, whatever that means. So then um, goes out there. Finn Balor, this was actually a pretty good match. Um, the entrances were made. Eventually, McAfee enters. Graves is putting over that he's unprofessional. I don't really understand what business he has calling anybody unprofessional after seeing the things that he does with Carmella. Um, not even on YouTube, but on the show itself. Um, that stuff gets annoying. But anyway... It's a fast-paced match in the ring. Finn gains an early advantage. Uh, he hits a counter to a basement drop kick. He sends Theory to the outside. McAfee crouch chops him and distracts him while Bauer hits him with a big drop kick. McAfee gets fired up, and then we hit a break. We return from the break. Theory's in the ring behind Bauer in a waist lock, typical waist or chin lock to slow down the match. Theory gets Bauer to the corner. 
and Finn counters. Finn hits a clothesline, sling blade, and then a double foot stomp, but Theory recovers. Balor gets to the outside, uh, gets rammed into the table. Theory's talking crap to McAfee, but while he's talking crap, he gives Balor the opening to start smashing Theory into the table. So then we get back in the room, Finn setting up for the coup de gras. He misses this one. Theory tries to roll him up for a near fall. Then Theory starts beating up Finn as he's laying down, supine face, you know, on his back, face up. McAfee interfering a couple times. I'm not sure if he knew when he was supposed to interfere in this match, but he got up on the apron several times. Um, Austin eventually went to pose with Finn Balor. Um, when he went for his finisher, Finn got out of it, he hit him with some kicks. Theory countered that with the countered the reverse DDT and hit a brain buster, but Theory came off the side, had to distract him again, and then he got rolled up, tried to roll into a victory roll, but Balor rolled him up for a one, two, three. So Balor wins the match, and then afterwards Theory attacks him. Or no, Theory doesn't get to attack him because McAfee gets out of there with Finn and celebrates with him. Um, I'm so used to Theory beating up Finn Balor after matches, I just figured he did it tonight, even though he didn't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he obviously skipped over a lot of the Pat stuff where Pat was amping up the crowd and getting into it. And he's, you know, it's so loved, man. It's It's incredible to see it, you know? Yeah, McAfee's definitely a a um, awesome guy to have on there. I think it's great. Um, yeah, in a certain way, he's like it's kind of weird, man, because in a way, like he's such he's such a huge celebrity to like sports fans and things like that because of the popularity of what he's built. You know, like he, especially you know the Aaron Rodgers interviews and all that stuff that he did. Um. He's just become such a, 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 a newsmaker in the sports world, you know, um, that he, it's almost it's weird. Like he's almost like more popular than like a lot of the re- like a lot of the big wrestlers like in popularity. He's he's a big attraction. You know what I mean? He's, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's funny because uh, the other thing I was going to say about this is before the match, Theory's backstage and he's talking crap on uh, McAfee. And he's like, well, McAfee might be great professional football player, but he is a washed up athlete. I think he called him a washed up athlete. No? Yeah. And he doesn't belong in the wrestling ring. Well, first of all, he's a punter. Okay. Now, the other thing about that, and I don't have anything against punters, but the other thing is he says, I'm going to beat him at WrestleMania and then he's going to lose. It's like, duh, if you beat him, he's going to lose, right? Right. It was just a dumb promo by Theory. I don't think. I just, look, man, I know that we're, there's a big push for Austin Theory, and I think he's good, and I think he has his place. I, I really do. I just think he's the next big thing. I really don't. I I just don't think he's, like, dynamic enough. Like, Or maybe... Maybe he just hasn't had those moments, you know, and maybe that's really what I'm kind of seeing. But I just, there's some, 
there's something about him like I can never imagine him having the feel of a Brock Lesnar or a Roman Reigns. I know he's a different type of guy. I'm just saying at that level, I can't even imagine him ever having the feel of, to be honest with you, like an Edge, you know, or, or an AJ Styles. I, it's funny you should say that because Edge was the guy that I was going to bring up at first. If you go back and look at stuff from the Attitude Era, 99, 2000, whatever, Edge was in a tag team. And, and like they would always say, this guy's the future, this guy's the future. And I liked him back then, and I believed them when they said that. But he just, if you looked at him next to The Rock, next to Stone Cold, next to Triple H, you thought, no way in hell is this guy ever going to be anything and he eventually was a champion you know beating the undertaker and things like that so it's just i understand i don't see it now either i don't see theory as a champion and walking around but it's like 10 years from now think about it it's going to be guys like him and ridge holland and whatever yeah it could be i see i see uh, like just someone who i'm a huge fan of i know like you know, like it's it's not even on topic, but like to me, a guy like Grayson Waller has more of the it factor than he does. Like much more dynamic, like much more like able to get you invested in what he's doing. Like I don't know, there's something about Austin Theory that I'm I'm not saying he's bad, and I'm not saying he's like I, I just don't know if he ever rises to that level. But again, after ten years of experience and going through certain things, you know, though, I mean, the one thing that, that did happen with Austin theory that made me kind of be like, yeah, like there's something about him was, was when he got thrown off the cage by Brock, believe it or not. Like I was kind of like, Oh, like he just had a huge moment by getting his ass kicked, you know, like, you know, when that's important, it is important. There's, there's times where you kind of like, wow, like they were in the spotlight and that's kind of cool. Like, you know, I guess that's the whole concept of putting you over, quote unquote, you know, like in a certain way, like Brock kicking his ass helped him, you know? Yeah, no no doubt. That's part of it. That's part of how, like, because when you do, also when you do something like that for Brock, it makes Brock look good. Brock appreciates that. Other um, top guys appreciate that shit. They appreciate working with people who are going to make them look good, who aren't going to not take their their stuff they want somebody who's going to take their stuff and you know let them lay it in on it and make it look like it hurts and theory does that and that's a big part of being like a good well-rounded wrestler but at the same time i see what you mean i i there's something about that maybe i i'll tell you one thing he's another guy who needs in desperate need of a costume change yeah, it's the cost, and, and also, man, it's the music. Well, the, the other thing about the music tonight, it started with ATL down, like a woman said that, and then his music started. I don't ever remember yeah. his music. It's, never... it's a new song that he has, but it's not that much different from his old song, and it's like you know, generic rap song. It's like A Town down, down to down, down, A Town down. It's something, something like that, A Town down. But I don't know. I, yeah, his music sucks. I mean, it's it just sucks. It's not good music. Because even even um, like AJ Styles' music is generic rap music. I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but at least kind of the the melody sounds cool. Yeah, there's something about that song, even though yeah, it's like a generic 
rap song, it's still like there's some there is something special about that song. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but there's something special. It kind of sounds reggae-ish when it comes on. And it just and it kind of crescendos when it starts. Yeah, right at the beginning, exactly where with the oh, they don't want none. You know, the, yeah. and the way that he the, the the hood coming off and the, the head snapping up and. Just really good, man. I'll tell you what, they were putting him over as the the bulldog AJ all night long tonight. It, it must have been uh, Vince McMahon must have been in commentaries here just saying, make sure you remind him that I like to call him my bulldog. Yeah, exactly. and it was everybody called him the bulldog all night. He had a good match. Let me say this match with Balor and Theory. It looks like Balor and Theory could have a rivalry after WrestleMania because this shit's getting I mean, you, it, but it was weird you didn't see Damian Priest at all tonight nothing yeah. like I thought at the end you know maybe when when McAfee and Finn Bauer were there celebrating in the in the that behind them would be in Priest. the aisle that behind them Priest would have come in like yeah, I mean is that by the way has that match been announced it's, is it Bauer versus Priest or is there there's been no announcement right? been, I don't think there's been an announcement on that or the IC title. Right. So, they, so that might not be happening. Yeah. I mean, I have a feeling that because they can do Balor and Priest has happened so many times already. They might be like, yeah, this is going to be the U.S. title match. And then they'll have it on like the pre-show or something. Or they'll have it on SmackDown the night before. But I don't see him yeah. like because they haven't even said anything about the battle royals that they have sometimes, which they might have did away with. Because if Omos is actually in a match with somebody, that's the other thing. It seems like now there's just like matches that are coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Because they have not nailed that. I don't think they know what they're doing with the IC title belt. And the, the U.S. title is easy. Just put it against Damian Priest and decide who you want to win. And I think it should be Finn Balor. And I think he should get face Austin Theory after this. And then they should take Austin Theory out of fighting top guys and then maybe give him a run with the U.S. title for a little bit. I'm sure yeah, Finn, Finn me, Balor would be to happy. Me, to you have to make those titles feel important. Like, I, I don't know, even with Finn Balor, like, I don't know why, man. Like, it just doesn't seem like there's like a mystique. Like, like it doesn't. Wow, like that belt held by him. Like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, like I feel like it's like I feel like that's their problem with the lower title belts. Like, they truly have mid card people have holding them. And I'm not saying I'm not. It's no disrespect to Ricochet, who's amazing, incredible, and it's no disrespect to Finn Balor, who, who's amazing, incredible. But it just doesn't feel important, man. I don't know why. Like, I didn't. Get, I don't really give a shit about the U.S. title belt. Now, if Seth Rollins had that belt, and you know Kevin Owens was coming after him for a type of thing, then I'd be like, "Oh wow, this is a really important belt." Just like back in the day, when the Intercontinental Championship, when Macho Man Savage had it, and Honky Tonk Man had it, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat had it, and like you had some top guys going for that belt. You know what I mean? Like it was no joke. And you know, I know some other great guys you know, more recently have held that belt. It just doesn't feel that way anymore, you know, with those two belts. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, Razor Ramon, 
I mean, Razor Ramon, that was like his best. Razor Ramon never had a world championship. But like some, yep. some of the best matches were IC title matches. Rock had it. Stone Cold had it. That was always the belt you had and worked with before you became a main eventer, kind of. And um, it's since been totally changed, their approach. But at the same time, for me personally, Balor, I like Finn Balor. I don't. I don't think they're very high on Finn Balor. He's small. I do but, too. But I, I like him a lot. And there was a there was a point. I mean, in that match, that I actually thought he was going to beat Roman Reigns. You know, in that match, you know, uh, the Extreme Rules or whatever it was, the one where the ropes snap. Yeah. I mean, there was a point where I was like, maybe he's going to win this thing. I don't know. The other thing about Extreme, did Belair and Becky fought at Extreme Rules, did they not? I wish I had an answer for you, man. Um, Well, we know they fought at Crown Jewel. Becky won by grabbing the rope. And then they fought... They're about to fight at WrestleMania. And then at Extreme Rules, Becky Lynch ended in a no contest after 17 minutes. So So they did. So they fought at there, had a no contest. I don't want to get into how it was a no contest, but it was. Um, Okay, Becky Lynch defended Women's Smackdown title match. Blair went for the kiss of death, but Lynch got out of the ring. Lynch went for the manhandle and the disarm her, but Belair countered both of them. Towards the end, on the outside, Lynch hit a hurricane run into Belair on the steer steps. Back in the ring, Lynch went for an armbar, but Belair countered into a powerbomb for a near fall. Lynch locked in a disarmer, but Belair countered and went for the kiss of death, but Sasha Banks returned to attack Belair, causing so Sasha Banks attacked Belair. And that made her heel there. That's why it was a little bit weird that so quickly Sasha Banks turned face when she was with Shotzi at that uh, SmackDown. Yeah. Yep. But um. anyway, so we're back here. We got, whatchamacallit, uh, what the hell? Street we Profit doing? RK Bro. Yeah, Street Profit's RK Bro. Like we said, we, I'm did, sorry. Uh, I'll fight Adam, please. Um, Alpha Academy comes in here and uh, loses this one. We're getting Alpha Academy Street Profits and RK Bro. At, um, and you, you basically got a heel turn out of the Street Profits tonight, right? Yeah, the, the Street Profits came in at the end of the match and, and beat everybody up. They beat up. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 
Um, yeah, but it wasn't just that, man. It was, you know, it was the helping Riddle up as if they're friends with him and then turning their and then backstabbing. Yeah. So they so after the Riddle wins the match and then Otis beats down Riddle. Orton's still on the outside and Street Profits run in and um, act like they're going to help Riddle up and then end up doing um, Montez Ford hits a frog splash after Angelo Dawkins hits his face. Um, this was a good match, though. I mean, really good, really good, really good match. Awesome. And a lot of great parts of it. That, you know, Randy Orton coming in part always amazing, but it was so good. And uh, you know, you ended it with, you know, obviously, um, you know, the Riddle win, and then the Street Profits coming in and, and totally turning heel, in my opinion. Not in the heinous way, but they did. Yeah, I mean, they started out, uh, RK Bro started double teaming Gable early, and then they, uh, you know, Alpha County worked over Riddle. Um, eventually, Randy gets the hot tag like he always did, hit some body slams, look like he wants to hit a double draping DDT, but they blocked that. Eventually, he hits a draping DDT on Gable. He starts to look like he wants to go for the RKO. Uh, Gable throws him away. Roll up by, or no, I'm sorry. Riddle hits the bro Derek, but it's countered for a one, two, three. Bro um, Derek, what um, a hilarious name. Yeah, hilarious. I said that backwards, though. Um, Gable got hit by the bro Derek by Riddle after being countered because uh, Gable hit German suplex, tried to roll up on that, and... Uh, Riddle stood up and put him in the bro, Derek, slammed him, got the one, two, three. And then all of a sudden, Montez Ford comes in. Uh, they hit the sky high. That's the finisher of Angelo Dawkins. Montez Ford goes for the frog splash. Corey says Montez Ford appeared to be on air traffic control. He got so high. So, yeah, you get definitely have uh, street profits looking definitely like heels here. Yep, total um, total heel heel turn right there. Uh, except they were wearing it really, Chicago again, Bulls not stuff. to say the same thing, but it just came in not like like the way they tried to help Riddle up and act like they were his buddy, and then you know obviously just totally turned their back on him and started beating him up, and you know they, they just you know they just looked like bad guys in that whole situation. Yeah, I definitely think that they were uh, doing a heel turn there. And, um, you know, so at the WrestleMania, we're going to have a triple threat tag team title match. And it's going to be between Alpha Academy, RK Bro, and Street Profits. And I've seen this match at the house shows. It's been very good, very well worked. Probably better than the triple threat with Owens and Rollins because you have another worker in there like Dawkins that can take some punishment. You have another high fire like Montez Ford. There's definitely going to be Tower of Doom spots in this. Definitely going to be spots where you see somebody going over the top ropes in a Superman spot like Montez Ford. Frog splashes. I guarantee you Randy Orton is working on a very sweet RKO when uh, Montez Ford tries to go high for those um, frog splashes. 
that's what I think we're going to see. Um, but definitely some good action for that match. Um, it's weird. You see this heel turn by the Street Profits, if that's what it was, they were wearing Chicago Bulls uniforms. Um, so they were playing to the hometown crowd, but also uh, dressed up in hometown and uh, acting pretty heelish towards Riddle. So moving on, we got Deji, Reggie and Dana taking on Tazawa and Tamina in a tornado tag match, mixed tag match. This means there's not going to be any tags going on. Um, we see some stuff that happened last week where Reggie and Dana are talking to each other and, you know, saying everything's okay, everything's okay. Then we see Tazawa come down from a pole, say, you cheated, you cheated, you cheated. And then Tamina, she jumps from behind Dana Brooke, and eventually Reggie and Dana get away, and we have a match. They show the kiss last week that Tazawa gave, that Tazawa got from Tamina, and I'll tell you what, Tamina's a little bit rough with her kisses, okay? A lot rougher than Dana was with Reggie. So we see that kiss, um, and then we see Tamina on top of Tazawa on the floor. She says, one thing to do now, and it looks like Tazawa's getting all excited, but they go to the ring for the, for the match. This match is real quick, 24-7 title. Don't need to talk about it too much, but I'll tell you the one thing. It's nice to see them do something a little bit different with the 24-7 than have a bunch of people chasing backstage and see our truth and see Tazawa dressed as a waiter and Tamina doing something hiding in the corner of something that clearly is not a restaurant. It's the club level of some arena where they're trying to just do a quick skit. They had a match with the four of them. They started out in a chicken fight, which wasn't going to last long. Um, you know, eventually Dana does a handspring into the corner on both Tamina and Tazawa. And then as they fall down, Tamina headbutts Tazawa on the crotch, laying there with his with his balls wrong, and then Reggie pins him for the one, two, three, and retains the 24-7 for Dana Brooke. So that's all we need to say about that. Are they going to have anything with the 27 at WrestleMania? I don't know. I don't care. Hopefully it's on the pre-show or something like that. You know, everybody that's on the pre-show panel can pin each other on top of that table or something. Um, but, like I said, we had a decent tag match before this. All right, Before that, we had McAfee, Theory, and Balor out there. Before that, we had Becky on the promo. And they have this segment sandwiched in between RK-Bro and the AJ Rollins match, which is a great match. And so that's a let-me-up segment. That's holy shit. I just went through all this stressful, very intense wrestling show. I'm going to take a step back. Maybe I'll go take a piss because I don't care about this 24-7 match. And if you do, it's a little bit, you can take a breath. You know what I mean? It's not, there's not much consequence there. But like I say, I like the creativity to go to the tornado match. To I got the, the stupid romance crap going on. I'm sure that there's 14-year-old geeks out there that think that, Tazawa getting headbutted in the nuts is very hilarious, so whatever. Moving on, 
finally get to our main event. We got AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins with on the line the right to face Edge at WrestleMania. And the thing that I liked about this is that it wasn't just random like last week. It was, I want to face Edge, Seth says, because I want to decapitate him like I should have in that Hell in a Cell. So Seth does have a legitimate axe to grind with Edge. So there is a little bit of merit to the reason why he wants to do this. It's a little bit annoying and repetitive for every week to see Seth in peril and need of this WrestleMania spot. But at the same time, I don't really care because it makes sense. Um, him and Seth Rollins are a good match. Or Seth Rollins and AJ are a good match. Um, obviously, AJ went on to win this one. They're not changing anything. He's going to face Edge at WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes is still supposed to be facing Seth Rollins. But, like I said, it was a really good match. A um, lot of heat from the crowd. Um, and, like I say, very good of them to... To use this one to use Rollins heat on Edge as his reason to do this. Um, I thought that this was just going to end with Rollins getting pinned again. Which again, if they're going to do this and have Rollins continue to lose matches to not get his WrestleMania match, then he's continuing to take pins, and he can't just keep taking pins from every single guy on the roster. So. Match has a lot of heat from the crowd. Everyone's excited. Starts out with a couple of tie-ups between the two of them that end in stalemates. And eventually Seth goes for an early pedigree. It's blocked. Styles hits a back body drop on him. Then AJ ends up in the corner. Seth charges him. AJ dumps him over the top rope. Graves says he might have broken his nose on the impact there. This was then followed by a uh, forearm from the ring to the outside by AJ. Knocked out Seth. Go to a commercial. So at this point, the face is taking early advantage here. Typical match psychology. Face takes advantage. Heel slows it down, takes over. Face makes the... And then we go into our... We double down, then we go into our slow get-up, then we go into our finish. And that didn't totally follow the formula this time, but the baby face was in control in the beginning here. So we got baby face in control. Seth talking crap, telling AJ... Um, from the rear chin lock, you know, he need this. This is his. Um, and stuff like that. Uh, telling him it's not personal. He needs to go to WrestleMania. He needs to face Edge. So, Seth's talking all this crap, and AJ's building for his comeback sequence. He breaks free of the headlock, but he takes a lot of punishment. At the time, he takes a knee from Rollins, and AJ gets control with some chops. Dragon screws Rollins' legs, takes him down. Now we're into the corner. AJ charges Seth and slides headfirst into the turnbuckle. The bottom of it pretty hard as Seth evades that. This sends AJ to the outside in front of the announce table. The announce table is going crazy about how he might get counted out. We're getting up to the count seven, eight, nine. Finally, AJ back into the ring, but he's reeling. Commentaries talk about how he's running on instinct. He's beat up. They're really putting over the fact that Rollins is desperate and is fighting with everything he has. And AJ's beat up from the concertos a couple weeks ago. I mean, you should go home. Nurse your injuries. I'll take care of Edge for you. Things like that. Um, 
after the near count out, Seth hits a couple of suplex combinations on Styles and then goes for a pitting combination but only gets two. Then he gets AJ, AJ in the tree of woe, hits a, a big drop kick but only gets a near fall after that. Still, they're saying AJ's reeling. Eventually, AJ's on the outside. Seth hits a suicide dive on him. We go to a commercial. AJ's taking a ton of punishment in this match. Um, anyway, he's a wounded dog. The other thing is that they're putting over, he, you know, he's the bulldog. Uh, called himself the bulldog and said, I'm the bulldog now. And, uh, you know, we know Vince likes to say he's his bulldog. Commentary saying, oh, that's the bulldog. So we must have heard Bulldog like seven times. More times than I just said it. Um, so after the suicide dive, um, you know, they're in the ring. AJ outstrikes Rollins. Hits him with a corner clothesline. Then a gourd buster. Only a near fall. Gets him in the face buster position. Slams him forward instead. So he's kind of in a back suplex position. And then slams him forward on his face. He only gets a two. Then he's looking for the Styles Clash. Rollins gets out of that. And then he hits the spinning elbow and a falcon arrow for a near fall. Both men are down at this point, gathering themselves. Rollins gets in the corner. He sets up for a stomp. Looks like he's going to hit this stomp. Trials. Styles avoids that, tries to clash, but he gets countered into a roll-up. They trade roll-ups. Both kick out of them. Rollins goes for a buckle bomb, but it's countered. And Styles hits him with a corner suplex. So a lot of action here. Very good match. Styles is going up top. Rollins gets up there. Knocks him down. Looks like he's going for a superplex. Gets pushed off. Goes for another one. Gets pushed off. Then Rollins gets put into a torture rack. Submission by AJ Styles over his shoulder. Um, and again, a counter into a pinning combination for a near fall. And we keep going. AJ goes up top rope for a top rope forearm, and he runs right into a super kick by Rollins. Rollins hits the buckle bomb finally, goes to the top rope for a big splash, but Styles gets his knees up. Rollins is down, but Styles sets up for his phenomenal forearm. All right, he's on the outside, same side as the entrance. Looks like he's going to get the forearm. Looks like we're going to get a finish here. Styles is going to win this match. We're going to go to WrestleMania with Styles and Edge. And we're going to have Rollins without an opponent. Suddenly, after a close-in of Styles there and a close-in of Rollins, Edge appears with a steel chair, smashes Styles on the back of it, hits him a couple more times for his troubles on the floor. Bell rings. We get a DQ. They wait a couple seconds. We know what's going to happen here. The uh, ring announcer announces the winner and who will face Edge at WrestleMania by a result of interference at disqualification is AJ Styles. So Rollins freaks out. Uh, things keep getting screwed up for him. He tears up the announce table, gets on the microphone, gets on top of the announce table, says this is bullshit. You know what? Next week, Monday Night Raw will not happen if I don't have my muscle WrestleMania moment, if I don't get what I deserve. So Seth is saying Monday Night Raw will not happen if he doesn't get what he deserves. I don't know what that means. Um, then he just keeps running around saying bullshit. 
He destroys the ringside barricade. He's totally irate. He knocks over the announce table. Not very easily, though. It took him a couple tries. Then he kicks the steps, takes apart the ring post, starts beating the announce table with that. And they show his distraught face staring at the WrestleMania sign again, just like last week as we go off the air. Again, every segment of this to me was good. I'm go right down the line real quick. Kevin Owens comes out, trolls the whole crowd, gets some heat by trolling the crowd, acting like Stone Cold, making fun of him. I thought it was great. Then we get Seth backstage. Um, cackles a little bit. We got the Mysterious match with the Dirty Dogs. Uh, Miz steals Ray Max, Ray's mask. Very good heat for that match. Everybody who said that that match means nothing, it means something now. Ray Mysterio, legendary Ray Mysterio's Lucha Libre mask has been stolen by Logan Paul and the Miz. So, I know that's not a huge thing, but there's at least some stakes there. At least some reason to be invested in it. We got Dirty Dogs versus Mysterios with Miz. I'm sorry, we got Omos destroying Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz, showing that he can defeat two people at once. We're going to see him with Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania, I believe. I think next week we're going to get that one. Again, advancing that storyline. We have AJ come out, talking about how he wants to kick edges. Seth wants to get involved in that. So AJ advances his storyline. And then, of course... In the match, Edge comes out and advances even more by saying, no, I'm not facing Seth Rollins, I'm facing you because I'm going to DQ you from this match and make sure I face you. It hurts you in the process. So Edge kept his heel heat there, ruined it for Seth Rollins. We can, that leaves it open for another Edge and Rollins feud down the road if we want it. Um, Zelina and Carmella, we got some more stuff with them, with their negativity, um, and dissension, I guess, with each other, and uh, not being on the same page, looking as weak champions. But then we see him show some strength when they do the run-in on the uh, women's tag match. We also saw some heel tag team work, and saw that that could be a factor in the Fatal Four Way. We got an update on Bianca and her broken um, throat bone. Feel that's kayfabe. Should probably be back. Everything will be fine for the match. I would ignore that one. Becky showed her promo skills off very well tonight and furthered her food again. Plus, got Finn Balor and Austin Theory. Finn Balor wins that match. Great match. Got McAfee and Theory. Some more interaction, some more feet, more feud heat. Leveled up a little bit. Looked nice. RK Bro and Alpha Academy cleared some lines there. You know, we got the shoes by Gable when he comes out. Um, saying that they committed a crime by offering the Alpha Academy a title shot. I thought that was kind of funny. But again, we got the Street Profits come out. Looks like they are turning heel. Um, good for the story. But if they're not turning heel, still, it's going to be a great tag match. Anything like that one they did on Monday Night Raw two or three weeks ago, it's going to be fantastic. And we got Dan and Reggie winning the 24-7 match does nothing for me, but at least it's something different than what they have been doing. And again, AJ and Seth, great match. Edge adds some heat with AJ. Seth is a little bit distraught. We all know he's going to get his Cody Rhodes on Sunday. Um, and 
that's pretty much all there is to it. That was Monday Night Raw tonight. Thanks, guys, for joining me. Thanks, Brad, for being with me. He got cut off a couple minutes ago, but we ended strong. Like I said, it's Beyond the Mat. It's March 21st, 2022, Raw Post Show. Please follow me on Twitter, um, at Beyond the Mat WWE. Like and subscribe to the podcast and hit the bell for notifications. Take it easy, guys. I'll be back with more news um, later this week as it comes up, and then we'll be back for the SmackDown show. Take care. We're out. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Mat. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a show.